everybody. I hope you're well before Christmas. I know it's pretty mental time. And this will actually be the last episode in the run-up to Christmas because I'm sure you have better things to do than listen to a podcast about books on Christmas Day. I'm pretty sure no one's going to be doing that. If you do listen on Christmas Day, uh, please let me know because that'll be quite a cool thing. But based on the assumption that people have better things to do, this will be the last episode um, in the run-up to Christmas. And then we're going to come back in the new year with loads of books that are hopefully going to make you think a little bit differently about things. Because that is the aim now, is to just try and turn all of the things that we've been taught, all the things that are being told, especially by people who are unqualified on Instagram, I want to turn them on their head. And I want to get the good information to the people and bring you all the good books. Now, before we do that, of course, we got the podcast today with Alex Holmes. Alex Holmes was a journalist and he was kind of forced out of that profession um, with some mental health trouble. And then he has kind of gone freelance with it. He's written a book called Time to Talk, which is about how men think about love, belonging and connection. He's got a article that he writes weekly about the links between philosophy and mental health. And that is why I wanted to chat with him today. I just wanted to see how someone operating in that space really looks at things and how they can combine philosophy and mental health because those those are two of my favourite things, you know. It's pretty important. I love philosophy and mental health can be a real sticky bastard at times, can't it? So understanding the two is super, super important. So that is the podcast today. That is the one you're going to get to in a moment. But guess what? Before that, I've got your attention it's time for the ads. It's time for the bills. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online therapy provider. If you haven't been going to therapy and you want to give it a go, then you might as well head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. You'll get 10% off your first month and you'll be matched with a therapist within a couple of days of completing their questionnaire, which is kind of rapid. And therapy, if I'm honest, is one of the most helpful things for me in my mental health journey, which is why I'm so happy that BetterHelp do sponsor the podcast. The link is in the description. It's 10% off. You get matched with a therapist. The 10% off shouldn't really matter because it's quite a good price point anyway. But it's just a nice to have, isn't it? So if you are one of those people who's considering it, head to the link in the description or betterhelp.com forward slash need to read. And you can kick your journey off today or two days from today. It depends on when you sign up. The podcast is also sponsored by Heights and Heights, the all-in-one brain care supplement. I'm going to keep this real short and sweet. Imagine a whey protein shake for your brain that has all of the vitamins and minerals needed to support healthy brain function, which you're probably not getting enough of already. That comes to you in a convenient little pill. Take two of them in one day, every month, every day, and you get 10% off your monthly subscription with the code need to read. That link is in the description as well, as well as some of the other sponsors, partners, um, or affiliates to a need to read as well. If you would be so kind today, share the podcast with a friend if you enjoy it. If you don't, don't worry about it. I'm sure you'll enjoy the next one. Thank you so much for listening. You're all legends. Enjoy the chat. Yeah, I'm Alex Holmes. I'm, I'm an existential coach. I'm a student psychotherapist. I'm a writer. Um, I'm a podcast host. I'm an author. Um, yeah, I'm a man of many things. I, I do. Yeah. I, I put my hand to quite a few things, and um, and it's all with this idea of wanting to really understand human connection and the human question. You know what really makes us human, what makes us tick. You know the things that throw us off, the things that put us back together. 
how we yeah. repair, how we recover, how we, you know, display true connection, you know, compassion, all of those things. Um, and then what really, what really happens to us over over time, you know, everyone's got all these personal stories and, um, and it's amazing, you know, why we, why we do podcasts like, like these and um, when we have these conversations, it's just learning so much from different people. Um, yeah. And I was just ever, ever curious ever curious with regards to that so yeah that's pretty much me in a nutshell nice was there something that kicked it off that sort of made you think in that way have you always had like a tendency to think bigger Um, picture so for me I I trained as a journalist so I was um I worked as a reporter and then I was a feature writer and um I studied in lifestyle writing towards the end as well of that of that part of my of my career and um, for me, I was always interested in just in just people. I was always interested in why did this happen? I think when I was working on news, it was very much this has happened. This is you know what people are saying, and this is the story. That's it. That's done. Yeah. I was always I was never satisfied with that. I was always like, so why did they do that? Like mm. so you get the why, obviously, to develop the story, and then that's it. And then you kind of go on to the next story. And I'm like, no, nah, actually, I. I want to know what's. I want to know what's going on. I want to go deeper. I want to investigate what's happening, um, yeah. and then, yeah, and then I think it was just over time throughout my time working at the paper. I had a few um, mental health kind of situations that, that went on um, within the industry. There's just several places I worked. I just wasn't connecting. I wasn't doing well. Yeah, um, and I really just said, you know, well, I have to just come out of this now and take some time for myself and um and then yeah I think and then that's when I set really had all the time in the world to sit down and think actually what is it that I want to do who am I why why is this what what is going on like yeah you know when you are I don't know whether you've experienced this but this kind of like this rush to go through so many different things yeah um when you're in a when you're in a new job when you're kind of um trying to like beat the rat race and do all of that and then you just you just rushing and you're not even thinking about what's happening. Um, yeah, I feel like I was forced to sit down. My body was forced to say, "You have to pay attention now." So yeah, yeah, I definitely I definitely can relate to that. I think it's so easy to get caught up in wanting to get better at stuff and do better. You forget like where you currently are, and obviously being present is like a big part of that. But that that takes time, and I think there'll be a lot of people in that kind of existential mode over over the last couple of years with all that forced time people have had on their own like it's given them a chance to be like oh why why am i here then like what's the point in that like yeah. <laughs> and and people can think about that for a long time or some people are, are good at shutting that off and i personally I, I have like existential mondays pretty much every monday where i'm like right so yeah what what what's, what's the point I guess like it's it's a tough thing to think and it, it can be a bit of a burden at time being existential but you seem yeah. to have like kind of been able to put that into something useful in terms of writing about it and I guess helping other people not feel so alone in it because it can be quite a lonely thought pattern to have I'm like why isn't yeah. everyone else thinking about this <laughs> yeah you know it's it's interesting because as a writer it's like um it's a lonely experience anyway because you are there with your ideas and that's it and and on the page until it goes 
and you send it wherever you need to send it or you put it out for publishing or put it out for print or press or you send that sub stack or something goes and it's yeah. just no longer yours and um, I tend to just do that with regards to my Instagram posts and my Substack um, essays and I just press send and then I just close the phone, close the laptop, close whatever and I just go and get on with the reconnecting of everyday life like we go for yeah. a walk go downstairs talk to people cook or something and then I'm like oh yeah let me check my phone and then I'll see what's there um but with the existential stuff it's like you know I I, I when I studied I was studying French and Spanish when I was at uni and um we read a lot about read a lot of the existential writers so it was like um, yeah you know, Sartre was like De Beauvoir, it was Albert Camus, um, and I really loved The Stranger. Um, and such a weird book it. that, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. It was so lost on me though. Like I got to the end, yeah. I was like, oh, like so. Cheers, you know, <laughs> I, I read it. I read it the first time. I read it in French the first time. And I was like, this is just crazy because when you're reading a different language, you're trying to read for like yeah. all the all the grammar. You're trying to pick up the vocab, and you're picking it up as you go. Then I read yeah. it in English, and so I thought, this is very long. I can't. I need to just get the actual book so I know what the story is, and then go back to the thing. And I was really like, I connected with them at the point in which he was talking, you know, that kind of mid twenties, what am I doing with myself? Who am I, you know, as yeah. a man and all this stuff. Um, and then I just put the book down. I kind of, I kind of snapped out of this existential, these existential ideas in the middle of my twenties. Cause I was just like, it just all felt really black and white. It felt really gray. Um, and I just thought there isn't, um, there has to be more to this. There has to be more to life than considering that nothing has meaning and nothing has purpose. And I realized yeah. actually that was just Albert Camus. <laughs> this is just really like just tunnel vision. <laughs> like nothing has purpose. Everything's absurd. It's just like yeah. Because he was an absurd, he's an absurdist, right? Like yeah, he's an absurdist. Yeah, which and, is um, different to nihilism. It's slightly different to nihilism. Yeah. yeah. So absurdism. Um, literally everything is absurd because nothing actually makes sense you know yeah. everything he's basically saying that you know at the end of the day um whether you live or die it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah. um and it's, it's like you know the matter point of the matter is making the choice and this is kind of where i when i reconnected with um existentialism and i was when i'm training now as a therapist and go through that though i started reading up on these um on a lot of different philosophies and um i started reconnecting with the ideas of authenticity and freedom and responsibility and you know the consequences of those things and how that really how that applies to mental health and what we and the things that we do you know a lot of people feel that we don't have the choice and we don't have the 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 necessary tools in order for us to do stuff everything's happening to us and we're not partaking in the world we're watching everything yeah. go by um and that's when i that's when it started to click for me and i started to think to myself actually yeah like we we have the choices we have the power we have the the we have the freedom to do all of this stuff it's just about finding it and tapping into those areas in our lives that can make can help us get to there you know yeah, so, yeah. we're we're inundated with choice and on everything i watched a um a ted talk the other day on the paradox of choices in like there is just well the guy was talking about his local supermarket and it had like 178 salad dressings and mm. uh you could 
with all the components in the shop make six million printers or something if you mix and match like there's just so many options nowadays it's easy to become overwhelmed and then like the default from overwhelmed is like well i guess none of it has a point then <laughs> yeah 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 just really just fry out <laughs> um yeah and you know and, it's, and and i just started to look at everything and i just started to think so we have all of these platforms we have all of these um gadgets we have all of these devices we have everything but are we actually even are we really connecting are we what what are we doing what are we tapping into really and um and that's kind of and that's where i and that's where i start the book um time to talk let's just start yeah. there with the you know it, we're so connected and we've been connected for so long but we still feel lonely and and that's the bit that i'm really really interested in because i don't think anybody deserves or should feel that kind of feeling of loneliness and yeah just being by themselves in any particular point you know yeah definitely and i think it's exacerbated by the state of things like social media and just just general day-to-day life now it is quite a secluded existence especially if you work from home like you're just on your own a lot of the time and obviously i don't you've probably read lost connections where and hari and like it's it'll probably have a lot of data i've i've not read it but i've um i've heard i've heard his interviews i've heard interviews about it um and it's definitely one to to pick up yeah and i think just like i i think i like to write because i like being on my own but maybe it's the other way around like you never know which one kind of came first there so it's quite hard to strike a balance yeah when when you don't actually have too much of an urge to get out and see people but you know like just how important that is for your well-being is to get out there and speak to people and, and, and chat to people outside of the people who you live with it it is so important to feel that sense of connectedness um for you and like the work that you do what what is your like proposed route out of it for people for for people who do prefer to be on their own and kind of have have set that narrative for themselves what's what's the main sort of suggestion i think that i think i can only really speak for me but for me my whole thing was it was the kind of the inverse i was out all the time yeah and then obviously when we get locked when we got locked down i was like (gasps) like what do i do but i felt something over my body just say you can actually you can actually rest now you don't have to go everywhere you don't have to accept every invitation to things you don't have to you know you know, go to every uh, kind of event with with friends or all this different stuff or consistently be outside all the time you don't have yeah. to do that um and I think I slowly reverted back to nature with my own personal nature which was introversion yeah um, and social on the weekends sort of thing yeah but, um, but introverted and I wanted to really just connect with of my friends who I hadn't seen in a long time and then my family who I hadn't seen in a long time um and I wanted to make sure that those connections were meaningful um so the only thing I could probably add to that you know when we talk about the wider people if we generalize um for me if 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 people like like to be by themselves and kind of 
gain that sort of power by themselves and actually embrace solitude and and the like um we we do to an extent need people we do need people in order for us to share ideas in order for us to yeah feel as if we are seen and to kind of really develop and expand and you know just kind of just create new way patterns in our in our minds and our emotions as well so i'd say like connect with the people that 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 you already have with the people that you um you know that that share common interests connect with those people like you know it's sometimes i mean i remember watching like over the period um you know in the when we had the first lockdown and things like that and over the first period it was like our um connecting with your friends connecting with your families and all this different stuff and i'm like that's fair but not everybody has you know families not everybody yeah. has friends or like some people really find it difficult to kind of, to step out and and to make those kind of friends but so i thought it was more helpful to join things like book clubs yeah. um where you can you know if, if you're if you're somebody who you know struggles with socializing sometimes you know if you find a book that you like and there's a group of people that like this book too and are reading it as well yeah you, know, you can go to, to a book club and have a conversation around a book that you that you like and then or you might not like but you want to have it you want to discuss it um, yeah there's added there's no added pressure to do anything other than go there and have the discussion the rest of that is up to you whether you want to connect to somebody else or something you know and some people take a while to get to that point we don't know what people go through and i think yeah. that just to assume that everybody has has these things i think is quite dangerous and isolating for a lot of people so sometimes i'm just like yeah. you know i can speak for me but i think that some people i feel like do what feels right you know yeah um but i would always i would always kind of place it around like some kind of common interest ideas you know if that yeah. means if that means joining a skate group if that means joining a dance a dance group or walking yeah. group you know what i mean so yeah i think i think stuff like that is so important hobbies like i'm i'm far more i remember once i did my cv and i put my hobbies and interests in there and my sister laughed at me and she's like they don't care about that and i was like well the words fuck then because surely you should care <laughs> about what people like to do isn't that like quite important it says a lot about you would them. think so right you would and, think so and, you would... and it, it's just not how people see it yeah. for some reason you would think that somebody would pick a cv up and say this person seems like a very enjoyable guy he's got such a good yeah. you know he's, he's well read you know he's got like a good um social grasp of things no they're looking at how much experience you've got here yeah but then they then they employ you and then you're not great at talking to a customer or something yeah or you can't deal with you know a crisis that's happened in the place because they didn't they didn't check out the personality that was there yeah. or they wait for you to come in they wait for you to come in in the interview and probably throw things at you but yeah <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of uh, places try and change people's personalities. Like if you go into a sales role, so if you go in there as an introvert, like you, you'll come out with an identity crisis of being like, oh my God, this isn't how I'm meant to be. This is, this is a, I'm a bad human because I'm an introvert. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty. In the West, nuts. in the West, in, introversion is demonized. It's not necessarily something that um, people value, you know? Yeah. You know, I think it's just been this really weird, propagandized, um, 
personality phenomenon of just like you know this is you i can tell you where it originated from it's from like the self-esteem movement in like the 1980s uh this john vasconcellos guy basically manipulated a load of results to make the california government put a load of money into a self-esteem movement um okay and from the self-esteem movement obviously people are like you have to be bubbly enough you have to believe in yourself you have to be Mm. out there and talkative and believe in what you're saying and and like hold yourself in this high probably quite fragile regard uh just because that's what people want that's a good worker that is that's a good little worker bee who makes so much sense um so much sense that's why and that's why when you said it was america because that that that's why they have that kind of that kind of energy of like the yeah the I get narcissism right, okay. like epidemic yeah. of like yeah. <laughs> we're so important guys <laughs> don't you know yeah because I, I, I don't know have you read the work of Kristen Neff about self uh, yeah yeah after I'm yeah well I'm like halfway yeah. through her self-compassion right. book at the moment right because I mean I remember watching some of her talks and, and reading some of her stuff and she did say that it was like when you there's, you know, the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion. And I had no idea that at, you know, at the point of reading that that was a thing. And then when you start to, you know, when you inundate a child with an inflated self sense of self-esteem, yeah. they, they become a very particular way. Um, yeah. Very yeah, interesting. And it's, and it's not, and it's got not good for them in terms of like mm-hmm. your general life. I don't think having high self-esteem is necessarily something that should be that desirable. And I think self-compassion has like, rung more true with me than anything else and i think because i have this general state of like i'm pretty brutally honest with myself about whether i'm good at something or how much better i could do and people are like oh you shouldn't be so harsh to yourself but for me like i can see it as it doesn't matter that i am bad at it because i will get better but let's at least acknowledge the reality of the situation that the output i've currently got at the moment isn't good but like i'm trying that's okay and it will get better. Um, so self-compassion makes so much more sense to me than for me. But I'm amazing. I'm awesome. Everything I do is so great. It's just it feels so inauthentic. And I think that's something that is spreading like a virus as well. It's just inauthenticity, especially you'll probably recognize this as well, sort of operating on social media. Like I just don't buy it anymore from a lot of people on social media. I'd Like I don't get the happy Monday. I don't get the oh my god guys you need to try this I'm like, who are you to tell anyone what they need to do like <laughs> shut up <laughs> and you know what and i think and this is beautiful i love this conversation because it's like i love the idea that there is just that element of skepticism yeah in you that's just like hold on like i'm not gonna but we um and i think that that's in, that is important and that's why i find it so hard online to to sell myself or to do any of those kinds of things or to promote anything. And I think it's been, it's, it's a hurdle. And so many people are like, oh yeah, believe in yourself, do all this, this, this. And I, you know, I work on my own level of self-belief, you know, I'm yeah. like, I'm, that's, that's, that's something that's, it's been a huge challenge for me over my 29 yeah. years. And, um, and, but I, I do believe in myself and I sit down and think about it. I look, you know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, Alex, I do believe that you can do this, you know, you got this, you know, like, yeah, yeah. obviously, within reason the same way that i would speak to my friend i'll be like you got this yeah because I, I i trust that you can do the job not yeah. to amp you up and then hope yeah. that you succeed <laughs> and then when you You've don't this it's like, because you're special like it's not yeah. it doesn't that doesn't ring yeah. sit right with me so, <laughs> you know uh, yeah so that's that's super important and i think that and you made you raise a good point about social media things you know it's like you know 
pushing all that content. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We're probably going to have the rise of the of the of the skeptical of the skeptical social media users in the next few years, right? Man, I really hope so. Otherwise, I'm out. I'm out of the game. <laughs> I, I keep putting on my emails like recently, like when I'm trying to get people to sign up. Like, I can't promise I'm going to not lose my yeah, tether with social media soon. Like, because I just I, I can't seem to make sense of it. And if it's taking up too much brain space, I'm just going to have to get rid of it. You seem to be. You seem to be doing quite well from a, from an outsider looking in. Yeah, it's. Uh, but but then it's like it's 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 like getting this getting the engagement from people it doesn't happen when you say by the way guys like you're not fucking special you're the whole self-esteem thing you're trying to build like it's not actually going to work and if you want a legitimate path to success or contentment which would be pretty nice just to feel like you've got enough going on but this whole self-esteem looking in the mirror and saying how handsome and rich you are isn't going to work <laughs> yeah yeah i think it, it, it's all about balance it's all about having that yeah it's all about having those balances and just trying to figure out what how we are navigating around because there, there are time for things there aren't a time for things it's about yeah you know having some having a level of reflection and really trying to understand it but i, I i'm with you like i've i've sat down and considered my social media places this is you know whether these are beacons for my mental health or not and um whether i feel good after being on it all day or not or whether i feel good after being on it at all at any given point or not um and um and definitely thinking to myself look if, if i'm not on social media will i survive yeah we'll survive um and you just gotta kind of you got you got to let the people know, like you know, yeah. it's, it's temporary. It's like you know, could go tomorrow. <laughs> what do yeah. What I does think, that mean? What does that mean for us? Yeah. I th- I th- I think people are at a point where if if social media went down, like a lot of people would lose their shit and and would have mm-hmm. a harsh sort of reminder of of how reliant they are on on this this just platform of people saying, "Look at me." And and I I I think a lot as much as people are trying to change the content on there to make it a more useful place, I just I can't I can't see it as a positive um, thing at the moment. I've got a, some doctor from King's, some doctor. Her name's Doctor Rachel Kent, and she is she's coming on the some podcast too. <laughs> she's coming on the podcast soon to talk about a lot of her research on social media, mental health, screen time, impact of mental health, especially through like the pandemic and people working from home. So even if i can just change a few people that listen to the podcast to just go on instagram for like a need to read and alex holmes stuff uh then that's what we need to do <laughs> yeah honestly honestly i'm just I've, the way i looked at it i just wanted to create a space of pause like mm. if people came to my page i wanted them to think oh i can stop and consider the content yeah rather like than that. just being something just oh you know just mindlessly liking or x y and z i want people to sit down and consider and stuff um yeah nice and you do do that with your words Mm because i suppose that's what you're good at you're you're a good writer and um one thing i wanted to ask you about is is your blog Mm -hmm. and the whole liminalities thing um Mm -hmm. just to have 
uh, explained really to me from, yeah. from the horse's mouth. Yeah, or in the horse's mouth. Um, I I encountered the word limit the liminal when I interviewed my friend um, on my podcast, which will be out in the new year. Um, I spoke to her, her name's Abigail Bergstrom, and she wrote this piece um, called Are You an In-Betweener? Very clever, clever title. That's and right. um, I was just like, and I just said, you know, I was like, with, and you know, and I was, when you read some good piece of writing, it makes you think, it makes you stop and think, oh, wow, really? Where am I in yeah. all of this sort of thing? So I was reading it, reading it, and then there was a quote around um, the liminal, um, and it was quoted as being the the transition spaces, the the movement into something new, but not quite there yet, but you're still around. And I I've been I've been in this I, this space of liminalities for a while, and I considered that you know I'm turning thirty. Um, I've changed careers. I'm like, you know, I've, my podcast is shifting in its identity. Like I've published a book. All of these different things were just happening to me at, yeah. <laughs> at, at random points of my life. And I was just like, I just, I don't know what is what is going on. Like they're, they're, yeah. I'm producing content and things in different spaces, but I'm in between all of that. And yeah then I've got to focus on like, you know, just the, just the doing of life <laughs> as we go. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it just caught a question. So many different things that were just going through my mind because the, the Substack blog was called Heart to Heart Letters where I was kind of just sharing, you know, interactions with what that means, just coming from from me to another person. Um, and it was fine. And But I felt that it needed to be grounded in something a bit more. And I, kept, and I sat there with it and I'd been sitting on that meditating on that for a while and then when I really tapped into this word and I started doing research around you know liminals and liminalities and spaces and started looking at where I was I just thought this yeah. just makes sense it just makes sense and so liminalities my um my Substack newsletter is um um is just like bi-weekly essays on um on an aspect of a transition or a transitional moment um, I really look at the impacts of the, the kind of the correlation of philosophy and mental health and kind of how that merges together and what that means. Um, so yeah, I do speak about existentialism um, and I'm just really growing into the, into, the, into the space of figuring out what I really want to talk about, what I really want to unearth. So I'm going to be spending some time over this break just doing a lot of reading, doing a lot of like thinking and conversing and just trying to see see where it goes. But for now, that's kind of where it is. And um, yeah, and it's just it's just nice because we go through transitions at any given point of our I think we're constantly lives. in them, aren't we? I feel like it's, it's, you're always preparing for the in, next one. Like We're in flux. We're in flux. And I think that the importance of it all is really understanding the now is always here <laughs> like the now is yeah. always there and um but when you can just see over the horizon to what is coming yeah. and you and you remember all of where you've come from and you're just there in the middle you're like ah and then a choice is presented and you're like well you yeah. take the blue pill or the red pill what are you gonna do and you're like 
I don't know. Do I want to go back? Do I want to go forward? What do I do now? Sort of thing. So um, I think we all kind of have those really interesting moments of just being paralyzed by choice, as, you, as we kind of mentioned earlier with regards to the supermarket. But when it, what does it mean when it's a life altering decision? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think so many people must be able to relate to that because I. I'd say I probably reach that point of of the in between every three months, and that would probably be me misremembering as well and taking some out of the equation, um, because like I always feel like I'm in between. There are so many options of things to do, and this is that paradox of choice. Like, I'm like, well, maybe I maybe I'll be a podcaster, maybe I'd be a writer, maybe I'd do this, maybe I'd do that, and there is just so many options. It does sort of just paralyze you a little bit. Do all you of them? Do, you can. Maybe they not. Maybe maybe they will all work. Maybe they will all work in in synchron in synchrony synchrony. Yeah, <laughs> they all synchronize together and work. You know, so they it's might, fine it to the right do. balance. Like I was writing a novel, and I I uh, this is an exclusive for the podcast. I haven't told everyone yet, but I'm stopping writing it. Um, I've done over fifty thousand words in total. I've rewritten the first three chapters, gone to the point where I like I loved them. And then I was like, actually, this is taking up too much brain space. I'm not being able to write about things that like interest me, things like self-esteem or like the difference between like a a good life, a satisfied life, and a happy life, and all of those like bigger questions that do interest me that I want to make sense of. I can't do it when I'm writing fiction because it takes all the good sense making out of me and, I, and mm-hmm. I guess that's what writing is writing is making sense of a topic and and trying to understand how you feel about it right like it gives you a mm-hmm. chance to edit your thoughts and you can be like actually oh maybe I don't think like that that's new and interesting how cool is that <laughs> one thing I do say when I'm working with my clients is that you can put things on pause and things can be put on pause into you the, the way I look at it is this it's like so I was your book guy I love the color. I love the color um, coordination behind you, by the way. Yeah, I don't have the pa- I don't have the patience for it <laughs> myself. Everything just goes in categories on mine. Well, well, I wouldn't I recommend to, it anyway. <laughs> I had to um recently I had to give a, 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 like over a hundred of my books to libraries because I wasn't reading them. Um and they were and they weren't get, they weren't up to much use in my room just sitting there gathering dust but what was I what was I having what was I doing with them yeah was I just saying that I've got books in my room for the fact for the sake I've got books in my room oh no you really <laughs> no it's like I mean for me I'm the kind of person I will read a book and I will I will engage with a book I'll make the notes I will apply the learnings I'll probably go back to it once or twice and then I will be like okay cool that's the book I read and then um and then, but my whole thing is I've always been like, I want to give this book to somebody else yeah, so that they can then read it. And then hopefully they pass it on. And then, then that's kind of how people used to communicate before. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like, so I was like, okay, let me, let's, let's bring back the archaic um, things. When the books I couldn't quite let go of, really couldn't let go of, like I sat yeah. there in a conversation with them and I said, all right, we've been through a lot. I'm going to put you in a box over here for now. Yeah. Um, and I just said, like, I'm going to put them in a box for three months. And if I don't go into that box in the next three months, then I'm going to value that. And I'm going to make a decision whether I 
take you down to the library where somebody else can enjoy you and the community can enjoy you or I'm going to keep you and I can decide what, I would, what we do later on and I think that's probably the same thing when it comes to us you know getting a bit tired with 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 our output with our creative work with our things like we just we can put them in a box for a bit and then leave them there for a while yeah don't touch them continue to do the writing the stuff that you want to do create the space for yourself to do the self-esteem stuff and the writing stuff and then go back to it after and be like oh actually this paragraph doesn't really quite work for me right now this yeah and then you can be like then you have a new renewed energy and I think we we put our, we put so much pressure on ourselves to just do all of this stuff and do it perfectly and do it well. And then sometimes it's so okay to just put it on pause because we're not on a deadline, really. If you think about it, you know, yeah. we're just gonna we 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 give ourselves these deadlines because it, it, it then creates a sense of urgency for ourselves and. You know, and then that end that in turn then doesn't give us the emotional bandwidth or the mental bandwidth to do yeah. the best job that we can possibly do. You know? Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of park stuff. That I instantly think of stuff like with clothes and stuff like that, mm -hmm. just putting clothes in a box for three months and I mean Honestly. if it's not like shorts or vests right now, like I th I think it's quite a a good way to become more minimal. I've actually pretty much done a hundred percent swap over to Kindle recently so i'm not I'm I, I knew we were i knew we were kindred spirits because yeah i literally done that i'm doing the same thing because it just makes more sense to me the note taking everything on there the fact that i've got like a hundred books just on this one device is amazing to me i think it's so ideal and i used to hate kindles i used to say that like a kindle was to a book or like a flashlight was to the real thing like <laughs> <laughs> and now i'm like that actually not the analogy I was <laughs> yeah i know but yes yeah. um, i've grown up a bit since then no i'll definitely i'd <laughs> take a kindle any day and probably a flashlight uh, well you know what the thing about it the thing about it i thought the exact same thing i was just saying to my friend today that i've got that i'm putting a lot of the books on kindle and she was just like oh really like, and i was like you need to remember that when you a don't have space, so there's no, there's, you're gonna just get everything onto onto one device. And you just carry that one device with a thousand books and so many friends are in there, and you just yeah. Go. Or you know, because it, it, I think we need to get past that kind of superiority idea of you know a book is only worth reading if it's physically in your hands yeah and i think there is definitely merit i think to some it. of them are like they're too thick to even read like i think it's better to have it on if kindle because it won't put you off like a, a sapiens yeah. like a 600 yeah. page i think you're like mm, maybe sapiens, that's a bit I, too much sapiens i read in audiobook form because yeah. i just couldn't i couldn't sit there and do that different but it's very different for so i find it very different for me when it's um fiction than non-fiction personally okay. what audio so, um, or? it's a bit yeah so i prefer to read fiction that doesn't matter, like physically hold the book yeah than i do with non-fiction non-fiction i don't mind either um but uh, like things like sapiens um i like to i like to listen to it and then create the the visual kind of experience yeah, in my yeah, mind. yeah. um 
but yeah yeah I think that because I think the last book that was like 800 pages or more that I read that was fiction was A Little Life oh um, yeah and, I've just started that, reading like the first little bit of that oh god is it gonna let be uh, you, let me know how it let me know how it goes we <laughs> apparently um, it's quite it's a, emotional it's a message when you get to 100 pages in <laughs> is it um is it pretty brutal it's raw it's raw okay. it does it does what i think as i said it does what i feel writing is supposed to do okay it's supposed to transform Can you expand you. on that yeah it's supposed to, it's a book where i've never this is probably the limits of kind of how much i've read but i've never experienced quite the that the visceral reaction that I that I had and each each time I encountered something challenging in the book, I'd never okay. I, you know when you're watching when you're watching a film, obviously you're like blood, gore, stab, kill, die, all these yeah. things. Ah! You're like so you're gonna you, you're meant to physically react to, to these things. I don't think yeah. I've ever felt such shifts in it, and they're so subtle in the book. They're so subtle. They they it it. it, it it really shifts you and that's the okay. best I can say without spoiling things but it really shifts you and um me anyway and um I needed a support group to read it with <laughs> because I needed to be able to call my best friend and be like what's going on yeah okay and, and um so yeah um well I think and, and, and it's testament to the power of it I was reading it on the train once and somebody slowly made their way over to me yeah in the most weirdest way so it was like i was reading i looked up and he was over there sitting on, <laughs> on the tube somewhere and i looked back down i looked up and he had moved three seats up <laughs> i looked down i looked up and then he was there and i looked down <laughs> and he was up and then he was ready to talk to me i was like this is weird like why are you here um so and yeah people will be in the street and be like you know enjoy that so I think as as I walked on, and okay, yeah. So I, I, and I mean, that's what I'm saying. That the power of the power of it is just in what other people, how other people are reacting to it. So yeah, you know. Um, okay, I'm looking forward to that. Then. I need a little bit of emotional turmoil. Yeah, I needed it that summer. I, I read it summer 2019. That was the summer I needed it, <laughs> and I needed I needed some something, and I think and so, yeah, strangely enough, I read it alongside watching The Handmaid's Tale, and so I was just traumatizing myself that whole summer. I don't know. Uh, I've not on. I've not seen or read The Handmaid's Tale, but I've, I mean, I, I know it's meant to be good. Mm-hmm. It is quite tough. Okay, it is quite tough. Well, Sometimes I just like I just... tough books are like I I I love like a juicy drama filled girly novel mm. i just what, like, i can't like what, you know, like like jane jane fallon ricky gervais's uh i've like her books are so detailed and but simplistic but funny and like most of them are revenge stories you're like oh my god i can't believe this is happening in someone's life it's like well obviously it's not it is a story but it, it really sucks you into it. I, I remember I read two in like a week, a couple of weeks ago, like mm. four four hundred odd page books, but I was just so into them. Um, okay. I think it was okay. Worst idea ever, and faking friends or something was the name of them. 
Um, oh, okay. I think yeah. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> um, I'll look into that. So before we, or we got about 15 minutes left, oh, wow. you, you've said about that philosophy and mental health. Um, what, what are the philosophies apart from existentialism that you've sort of found that you think could be the most helpful for people's mental health? Right. Um, well, CBT is, um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is yeah. pretty much based off of stoicism. Yeah. And um, I just, and I, I like what Ryan Holiday's been doing with stoicism yeah. and really pushing that to the fore and kind of creating a, a strong philosophy for life. Um, and, you know, the, the ideas of action and agency and kind of taking the hand consistently memento mori everywhere yeah. you go sort of thing i think that that's a really good that's a really good space to be i think that it does have its limitations and some people probably wouldn't necessarily want to lean too much into that yeah. um such as what, what, do you want to, i don't think people will lean too much into that because i think that when you start to say things like remember you will die and then somebody's depressed and um you know i'm all i'm all about tapping into what it means to kind of make the most meaning out of your life and i do think that if if given if if given the wrong idea or put in the wrong space or or put in the wrong places and you're and you're just kind of filled this information without any context i think it can be quite damaging i don't know i just have this yeah. really weird thing it's like just oh it's like bombarding people it's like it's like for example, like we mentioned a cameo earlier. He, meant, he talks about suicide a lot. Yeah, and I think that given to the not given to the given without context or without kind of like conversation or real idea, like speaking around it, it could be quite it could be quite challenging for somebody. And I do think yeah. that sometimes when it comes to you know stoicism, people probably feel the same way um, in some things. And that's why I would always suggest people to read the Daily Stoic because it. It's just that one little bit each day. It's a slight and introduction to it, and he yeah. explains it as well. Slight yeah, introduction to it, and it's and it's and that's why and that's why I like what he's doing, and I like the way he's doing it. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm only really at philosophy. I'm only really at existentialism and stoicism, because reading Marcus Aurelius and then going through Seneca's on brevity of life, and then kind of tapping into the different um, writers that write around these things. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot, Ed, already. You know, yeah. saying? like you've basically you're 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 just consuming yourself with what is the meaning of life every day, <laughs> and you're like, all right, okay, can I? Will I be able to step into Epicurean ethics and do all this stuff at some point? But I just feel like for me right now, those are the only two places that I can kind of navigate because yeah. I don't think things are I don't think things are as black and white as you make them seem because there's definitely oh, gray definitely areas. Not. Yeah, and um, and I think we can pull on each each of these different areas of you know um, of philosophy to kind of really help somebody yeah move through to the next next stage in their life. You know, yeah, so, yeah. And I suppose it's not like if if you'd say to someone turn turn to Stoicism, it's not to say like if you read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, your clinical depression will be cured. 
so you'll you'll find maybe four or five techniques which can help you think better obviously once you think a little bit better like it it becomes a little bit easier not easy but easier for sure and which is something that which is why there's the the similar which is why there's a limitations in um cbt and a lot of people that have particular um um mental health or significant mental health problems and needs um they don't necessarily connect with cbt because the way that cbt because cbt is countable you can it's kind of pegged in that it's measured by how many you can kind of you know change your behaviors over yeah. seven to eight to probably nine ten sessions and yeah. then after that it's like you should be cured sort of thing yeah and it's like changing that you know it's, just, it's like changing your your brain patterns your behavioral patterns and kind of getting all that stuff and which is which is why which is why they, they pulled on that from stoicism but they pulled on that because it it's it's it, it it's containable um and yeah. i think that's and i think that's really one of the the challenging things because it, it's like well there are so many different areas of psychotherapy and you know so not everybody not everybody um reacts to things in the same way um and i think i don't think any of this can be countable so for me i'm just like you know it's important that we really start to start to explore and just to have more conversations i feel like i get jealous sometimes when i when i read things like about the cafes that these philosophers used to sit at or yeah, when yeah. i read about what james baldwin used to do and read about tony morrison and all these other writers and just like the way they used to sit down and just reason and yeah. figure out the stuff reason you know? is in then, short supply at the moment as well yeah, like it's everybody well, wants i say to it at right the moment it probably always has been it's just it's now accentuated by um social media it would be irrational of me to say that it's just nowadays it's like it's definitely it's, it's always mm. been people yeah. learning to rationalize is actually really difficult because you have to be willing to say like actually i'm going to take on board all of this extra information just to make sure that i know i'm not making a grave mistake here in my sort of conclusions like uh, that's quite a it's quite a task you have one life <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Philip with the hardest task and just yeah push it, you know? i do think that often i'm like ed you do literally have one life like you don't have to just read books all the time like actually i think this is kind of what i enjoy and i i completely understand my thirst for information is never going to be satisfied so i might as well enjoy it along the way you know i think i think it's it's important that we that we learn how to have um how we learn how to have conversations how we learn how to debate and we learn because my whole thing is i should be able to debate somebody and debate a topic and debate an idea and come back changed yeah or or be left intact i shouldn't have or leave them changed you win (laughs) or leave them (laughs) you know i think it should be an encountering experience it should be an enriching experience for everybody it should be like oh i didn't think of it like that not everybody's gonna think of it like that we all have different origins and different places we're coming from but when you're presented with new information your opinion should naturally change in a way yeah. you know what i mean like it should kind of hmm, okay that's interesting let me think on that let me sit on that for a while and come come back to you or you know um yeah the problem is people double down when they get new information on something that doesn't fit their current na- narrative so they're like yeah, yeah. um it really well, rattles people yeah really i think i'll just people. still believe what i want to if that's all right <laughs> yeah 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 
Um, the worst thing, the worst thing I, I hate is that whole um, everybody's in touch with their to their perspective, <laughs> and you're just yeah. like, yes, you are, but do you understand mine? Because I understand yours. Do you understand yeah. where I'm coming from? So yeah. my whole thing is, are you are, are you understanding rather than you must be changed by this sort of thing? Yeah, but, um, who knows? That's we'll that is definitely the thing to to aim for, and I think for people who do struggle with their mental health like you should aim for understanding on that and and mm. understanding the broad spectrum of it and and trying to work out what kind of works for you it's like actually i read a bunch of philosophy and i and i couldn't get attached to it and then i read a bunch of self-helpy stuff and then i read a bunch of psychological stuff and then it's the psychological stuff that hits like and and makes the most sense because that's when people sort of change their mind on things is when stuff makes sense to them so sometimes like sifting through it like some people won't mm-hmm. listen to marcus aurelius who was born two thousand years ago or something like that yeah. like they'll be like right well what's uh what's the latest coming out of harvard <laughs> they won't care where yeah. the origins of thought came from yeah my friend mentioned to me in a conversation we had just that you know when you're reading um read to compare notes with yourself like literally if you've got a particular ideology a particular idea like and it shifts you what does it what is that shift that's happening what is changing in you you know yeah what is it that what is it and start to really sit there and think about that because i love having my mind changed it's fucking unbelievable like i've been doing so much (laughs) over the last year on productivity I read oh, half okay. of uh, Oliver Berkman's new book, which is 4,000 Weeks. Oh, um, have, you, um, have you read um, Near Ayers, Indestructible? Yeah, so, and, I, and I had Near on the podcast as well. And oh, okay. I've been, oh, yeah. I've been so keen for productivity, but all of it seems to be just filling time. And, and like his argument is, yeah, you can still put time in your diary for nothingness, but as long as it's planned nothingness, it will save your brain but it's all in pursuit of kind of trying to do more and not feeling guilty so it doesn't interrupt your actual work time and and vice versa whereas this is all in pursuit of success essentially and and to be more efficient i thought that i was actually i don't i don't think i value success as highly as i'm trying to be told to um and um, that's that's my existential Monday thoughts for a couple of weeks ago. Was just like I just don't yeah. think I want it that bad. Like you know, people are like you don't want it bad enough. I'm like, no, I don't, mate. Like, at all. It's it's yeah. not that's not a life for me. <laughs> yeah, I think um I wrote I wrote that in my book actually. I have a chapter on success and how we need to redefine it because it's this whole it's this whole thing of you've got to be burning 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 out in order for you to be successful you got to be working 24 7 mm. when do you sleep you got to be sleeping while you work but how are you working 24 but you got you got, you got to do yeah, yeah. You got to get get money you got to be a liar you got you got to be like you got you know you got to tread on people you got to do all this stuff yeah. it just doesn't sound nice it doesn't sound like a, a nice thing to be it's not ethical thing. you know it's not it's not ethical and um and i and, and yeah and i just i just said i'm not i don't i don't subscribe to that idea 
I have my own level of personal successes. So therefore I drive myself to particular, to particular depths of yeah. things. But at the same time, I just have to, I, there was times I have to sit back and just say, you know what? I just have to let it be because I, I can't control. There's so many things you just can't control in this life. And what you can control is your output, what you do, how you do it. And just, you know, be able just to manage that. You know, or else you yeah. are just going to burn out. And then what use is you burn out because you can't even produce the stuff you want to produce. Yeah, it's no use. No, yeah, just in case that needed an answer, that one. <laughs> Must make a note not to answer rhetorical questions in the future. <laughs> Doing so well. 56 oh, minutes okay. in. Didn't fuck it up on any answer to a rhetorical question. Um, mate, thank you so much for coming on. It's it's been great to chat to you. I think the the message of just talking, even when it's not just a sense of like, hey, how are you? Just talking yeah. about different perspectives is actually such a powerful message because so often we're encouraged to talk in a sense of just like, hey mate, how are you? Are you sad? Let me check up on you four times. Someone really we should be talking more about the ideas and stuff that you have, the way we look at life so we can get that nuance of thought and and really come to understand other people and probably help us understand ourselves a bit better. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so where can people get your book? Where can people find you? Where where are you? Um, I think the easiest place to just find everything is um website, which is alexholmes.co. So... Um, Alex Holmes, Sherlock. <laughs> co. Um, without the dot uk, everyone. Everyone's asking. Like, yeah. Sure it's not UK? I'll I'm put like, it in. No, I'll put it in the description. <laughs> um, um, yeah, you can go there. But then I'm on Instagram. That's where. That's where I. That's the only place I am on the internet, really. Yeah. If we're getting 100. Um, that's by Alex Holmes on Instagram. Um, and check out my Substack newsletter, which is alexholmes.substack.com. And I think, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I just share things. I try to try to keep things light, but also, you know, I do dally in the heavy stuff, and it is what it is. However, I feel on that day, wherever the moon yeah. is set, yeah, is where like it, it depends on the content. But yes, thanks Sick. so much, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, that's it then, isn't it? That is the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for listening, you absolute legends. Like I said at the start, this is going to be now a break in between Christmas and New Year. I might be back just before the New Year, but we'll see what the demand is. You can keep up to date on Instagram, which is at a need to read with the number two and not the word. And also, if you fancy it, hidden within the description of this episode is a link to the link tree for a need to read. And on there, you can sign up to emails. Emails are going to be the best place for you to keep in touch with me and best place for me to keep in touch with you, really. Because if I'm honest, I don't think social media is that cool anymore. And I'm toying with the idea of getting off it. So make sure you sign up to emails. Otherwise, you might never see me again you never know that 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 was a bit extreme that was a lie but sign up to emails anyway because it's important and i get to uh i get to send elongated thoughts on there people enjoy them you might enjoy them too the link's there how convincing was that out of 10 maybe a three all right then have a lovely christmas i love you all